ring the bell. From side to side, come on, it's time to go ring the bell, sucker. This is Movie Fighters, the show where Chris Sims and I, Matt Wilson, we watch movies and we beat them up. And the time has come here in 2024 for us to get into some Mario badness. Can two movies released 30 years apart both be bad in different ways? Or is one better than the other? We have to watch and find out. So we're starting with the 1993 live-action Super Mario Brothers, the movie. I think the important thing that you didn't mention, Matt, was it's two movies about the same, th- like based on the same thing. Because if we already know that two movies released 30 years apart can both be bad. Yeah, that's true. I... I, I I guess I thought it went without saying <laughs> that it was the two Mario Brothers movies, but but yes. I mean, yes. yeah, we teased it, but hey, hey, every issue somebody's first. That's true. That's true. So so we're going to watch 1993's Super Mario Brothers, the movie, tagline, this ain't no game. This time. And then in April, we're going to watch the Super Mario Brothers movie. Parentheses twenty twenty three, and and we shall see. We shall see. That's that's a weird tagline. Because this ain't no like, game. Yeah, I mean, like I get it, but it's like, but I you know theoretically, I I'm I'm wanting to go see this movie. Right, I'm in the nineties. Yeah, or whenever. When was this movie yeah. made? Nineteen ninety three. Okay, so we did miss the we did miss the thirtieth anniversary. Well, the 30th anniversary was when the Super Mario Brothers movie came out. Did they time it that way? I don't know. Wow. It okay. may have just been total coincidence, but it was. Uh, they were exactly 30 years apart, these two movies. If I'm in 1993, which I was, and I'm thinking about going to see this movie, which I was, mm-hmm. then, like, I, I like the game. I like that it is a game. You know? Yeah. It does feel like this was a time period. And I guess we'll just get into this now about the the kind of troubled production of this movie, which is famously troubled. The directors of this movie are a husband-wife team named Rocky Morton and Annabelle Jenkel. Named Ricky Morton and Roberta Gibson. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> no, they were Rocky Morton and Ella, Annabelle Jenkel. And they came in with the idea that they were basically going to do like a Tim Burtonized Mario movie. Because Batman was still huge. Batman Returns had come out the year before. Right. The. The Ninja Turtles movie, which was a somewhat darker take on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, even though it was like basically a yeah, it was basically a direct adaptation of the comics, the the movie. But they were basing their ideas for this Mario Brothers movie on that, where they wanted to do like a like a darker 
live action adaptation of something that was like a kid's cartoon or a kid's video game. The studio behind the Super Mario Brothers movie, Hollywood Pictures, those folks were like, just make a fun movie. Like, just just adapt the video game. And so they clashed a lot. Mm-hmm. The screenwriters of the original screenwriters of the Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers, the movie, were famously fired halfway through production. And uh, Ed Solomon was brought in to revise the script and change a lot of the tone. So I I do think we're going to find that tonally this movie is all over the place. Oh, oh? yeah. (laughs) I would say that that is, that, that is like a primary memorable characteristic of this film. Yeah. Is that it is tonally bizarre. Yeah. The original screenwriters who were the original writer, Alan Moore. That's right. No, their names were Parker Bennett and Terry Runte. And they were sort of on the same wave- wavelength as the directors. They wanted to do like a comedy, but kind of like a dark comedy. Uh, that was, that. I think they said that like Ghostbusters was their original idea. Um, like at one point, Harold Ramis was considered to direct this movie. So we almost we almost saw Bob Hoskins getting a beach from Abu. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> dodge, but, dodge that one. But eventually, uh, Ed Solomon and an uncredited Ryan Rowe were brought in to not only make the script more kid-friendly, but also to make the movie cheaper because the original script apparently had like very, very involved and expensive special effects that the studio didn't want to pay for. So that is part, that is part of the, like I said, very troubled production of this movie. The cast didn't get their new scripts until they arrived on set to film. In Wilmington, North Carolina. This movie was made in North Carolina. Come on, raise up. Come on, raise up. Take your shirt off. Uh, Also worth noting, given the timing of the release of this movie, the Super Nintendo had come out uh, in 1991, right? That Mm -hmm. was when the Super Nintendo came out? Yeah. And so Super Mario World was the newest game. And so... There's a lot of stuff about dinosaurs in this movie because yeah. that's what Super Mario World was about. Yeah, you got to have they, they had to put Yoshi in this one. Yoshi's the hot new character. Yeah. But the whole idea of like Koopa, King Koopa, Bowser being a dinosaur is is related to like trying to fit this movie into Super Mario World ideas somehow. I mean, that's that's not the worst that's not the worst idea. Yeah. Because, like, Bowser, King Koopa, as he is sometimes known, 
is a big lizard guy. He's a big lizard. He's a guy. Godzilla turtle. He's yeah. a Gamera. Yeah, 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 yeah. So th- that like I that's not the worst idea. Making him a dinosaur who's also just a guy is weird. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you at least have him look like a Gamera? <laughs> well, <laughs> like I, a fucking Gamera. I think the idea was they wanted him to be a character. And this uh-huh. was before characters could just be CGI, entirely CGI. So they made him Dennis Hopper. He could yeah. have been animatronic, I guess, but... Yeah, I mean, you, you say yeah. that, like, you know... Like, we we had a whole movie with Skeletor in it, you know? That was makeup. I, I don't know that you could make a Koopa with makeup. <laughs> I think you could make something that was closer to Bowser than just Dennis Hopper. That's fair. Dennis Which, Hopper honestly, the fact that they thought that would get over is insulting to Dennis Hopper. That's true. Imagine showing up and you're like, I'm here to play this horrible dragon turtle who I guess eats people. And they're like, awesome. We will leave your face untouched. (laughs) We'll give you a weird haircut. We'll give you a little bit of a weird haircut, slick it back. And otherwise you're good to go, bud. I never saw, have you ever seen this movie before, Chris? Oh yeah. You have? Yes. I have only ever seen clips. Did you see it when it was released, or did you see it like on video later? I both. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. I have seen this movie. It's been several years. Yeah. Multiple years. But I have seen this movie multiple times. Okay. I've never seen it all the way through before. Partially because I think it's it was like one step too far to agree to get my mom to take me to this. That's legit. I think my mom clocked like, I don't want to see that. (laughs) (laughs) And so she would not take 10 year old me, or I think I might've been nine. This came out in May. So yeah, I would have been nine. She would not take nine year old me to this movie. Uh, We did go see Batman returns in the theater. I'm pretty sure. I might have just gotten dropped off at the theater for this one. It's possible, yeah. But like, uh, here, here's here's the thing, Matt. Yep. The thing is this: Mario, like Mario, is going to be difficult to adapt because even up to Mario World, there's not a story, right? Like, like Mario, Mario three, like run from left to right, save princess. Like, yeah, I mean, there's not much there. It's the most threadbare of stories. Yes. Yeah. Mario's a plumber. There's a princess. And there had been stuff like the cartoon, and there, there had, had been, been comics. stuff like, like the, the comics in Nintendo Power. Uh, and there had been that. Uh, was the, the Valiant comic? Was that before or after this? It before. had to be before. Yeah. Before. I, I remember buying and reading the Valiant comic. Like, in, yeah. like, 1990 or so? Yeah. So, there had been attempts to graft stories onto it. There's nothing there. 
it's a bad thing to adapt. <laughs> and I still think it's a bad thing to adapt. Like, I, I have not seen the new one, but I do have, like, a suspicion that the story that we get in that is going to be, it's always going to feel complicated. Yes. The world of Mario does not feel like any recognizable world for anyone who has not played those games. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's a weird place. No matter what Mario game you play, the world is weird. There are little floating blocks that you hit that stuff comes out of that make you big or make you shoot fireballs. There are floating platforms everywhere. Yeah. You get fired out of cannons. There like it's not a recognizable reality, even up to like Super Mario Odyssey. Super Mario Odyssey putting Mario in a real looking city was weird. Because it's yeah. weird to see Mario in a realistic setting. Yeah. And you get the question of like, are is everyone in this city twelve feet tall? Yeah. Or is Mario three feet tall? Yes. And the like the the appeal of Mario is not in story, character, theme, or anything that is traditionally required for a film or a story. The appeal of Mario is that it feels good to jump. Yeah. And when yeah. you remove that from an active medium, like like video games, and put that in a passive medium, like film, comics, television, you are removing the like the real selling point of Mario. It feels good to play. It's a good game to play. <laughs> right. So, buddy, I don't know what, like, in this one, on the one hand, that does give you, like, the freedom to try and attach whatever story you want. On the other hand, like, you can take that freedom and go in a direction that doesn't make any sense and is not appealing to anyone. Yeah. Which I think is the thing about this movie. It's not appealing to anyone. Here's the thing. Here's the thing for me. I wanted to see this movie when it came out in 1993, but not because of the Mario of it. Because of the Bob Hoskins of it. Because of the Bob Hoskins of it. Because of Roger Rabbit. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think there was a time when everyone our age had a favorite actor, and it was British actor Bob Hoskins. Absolutely, yes. Because Roger Rabbit is... Such an incredible performance. Like, he's legitimately amazing in that film. Like, when you when you think about what he's acting against and what he doesn't have, like, because there's not a second of that movie where it doesn't seem like he's interacting with Roger Rabbit. Absolutely, yes. When I was six, I liked Bob Hoskins as Eddie Valiant because I liked Eddie Valiant. Yeah. Now that I'm 40, I think I am in awe of that performance. Yeah. Yeah. It's only grown in my estimation of it over the years. It's, it is unbelievably good. I yeah. don't think even, even 
all these years later, when so many actors have had to act against green screens and little tennis balls on fishing lines, I don't think ever anyone's ever done a better job than Bob Hoskins in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. No, no, because like he he puts he puts Ewan McGregor and Liam Neeson to shame. Yeah, uh huh. <laughs> Absolutely like, true. The bit with the bit where he's sawing the handcuffs is absolutely mind-boggling that that works as well as it did. Like, like to watch that knowing that there's not actually anything there, shocking. Yeah, I, when I was a kid, I just believed it. Yeah. And, and now that I'm an adult, I'm astonished that I was able to believe it that much. Yeah. yeah. But here's the other thing. I was also into the John Leguizamo of it. Because I had seen like John Leguizamo's like sketch shows and stuff. Talk about House TV. of Buggin'? House of Buggin', that's right. <laughs> and I thought that John Leguizamo was like pretty funny at that time. This was before I turned on John Leguizamo for a little while. As a teen. I think we all turned on John Leguizamo for a little while, and then we really came back to John Leguizamo. I've really come back now, yeah. John Wick really brought us all back to John Leguizamo. Yeah, I love him again. Uh, But I I did turn on him for a while. But, like, I think that was the appeal of this movie to me more than the Mario of it. Because if you look at the poster for this movie, it's telling you, in addition to the this ain't no game tagline, it's telling you, hey, don't expect video game stuff in this. Because Mario and Luigi aren't even in red and green on the poster. They're in like bluish gray coveralls. Well, they're 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 lit in is this on Drew Struzan? Uh, I have no idea. It is it does look that way. Yeah, it's got that, you know, got those Struzan faces. Yeah. But but if you saw the trailers, you would know, like, yeah, they, they, they do wear... He wears his red clothes and his green clothes. But also, like... Apparently the, the poster is by Stephen Chorney. It's a good poster. Yeah. But, like... Like, Goombas don't look like that. Like we know what Goombas look like. <laughs> well, here's here's my theory, Chris. Here's here's my prediction for both of these movies. I I kind of think we're going to come down on maybe not liking either one. I don't know which one we're going to like less or dislike more than the other one. But I he, here's what I think our complaints are going to be about the two movies. We're going to say this movie's not Mario enough, and we're going to say. The Super Mario Brothers movie is too Mario. I see. I don't think it can be. I would. Oh, I, I would do. much rather have it be too Mario than not Mario enough. I I have to disagree with you on that point. I feel like Super Mario Brothers the movie is going to pander to me. But, but what do you like pander to you? How by being like. like Oh, that's that's what a Goomba looks like? That's what a Koopa Troopa looks like? No, no, no. I, it's fine that they look like what they look like. I feel like it's going to be like, hey, this, remember this? This is from the video games. 
point, point, point. Hey, nostalgia. Remember this? This is fun. You've seen this before. And I hate that. Okay, but like on the one hand, sure. On the other hand, it's not really nostalgia of all that shit's still in the video games that are coming out now that children like. True. I, I, but I know that they, I have, I know for a fact that there's a lot in that movie that is like, not just here's the stuff that's in the video games, but like here's something from thirty some years ago. Remember this? Okay. And I, I, that's gonna bother me. I know that's gonna bother me. <laughs> Remember Wreck It Ralph? Yes. Remember how Wreck It Ralph? Like the the trailers for Wreck It Ralph were all like, "Oh, hey, here's uh, here's this fun movie with Zongief in it, and like a bunch of arcade game stuff." And oh, look, there's there's this it's all, all this video game stuff. Remember how that's like four minutes of the movie, and the rest of it's about fucking candy. Yes, yes, bullshit. Ricky <laughs> Ralph is bullshit. Cause it's a fucking movie about candy. And this is gonna be a movie about uh, fucking dinosaurs and and evolution rays. And that's not what Mario's about. No. I I I think this is gonna be our ultimate uh disagreement about these two movies, because I would rather I think I'd rather so- see somebody take a big swing and miss than bunt. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, like, I'm not unsympathetic because there's not really a story to Mario, but if there was a story to Mario, this isn't it. No, I, maybe, I agree with that. Maybe I'll change that. my mind. It's been 20 years, maybe 25 years since I've watched this movie. So I, I don't imagine that this movie's going to be good, but I think I can admire taking a chance on doing something weird. I don't know that I'm going to admire doing the safest, most uh, economically viable capitalism you can do. Well, Vince Russo, sometimes you just got to give the people what they expect. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're going to watch... Super Mario Brothers the movie from 1993 it is streaming nowhere as far as i know there have been long standing rights issues with putting this movie on streaming and so we had to like wrangle dvds of this uh that is the only way you can watch this movie so if you happen to come upon a DVD of Super Mario Brothers the movie, you can watch along with us. Uh, otherwise, you'll just have to come back and listen to us talk about it. Uh, so we're going to watch Super Mario Brothers the movie. We're going to come back and talk about it. And we are back from watching Super Mario Brothers, the movie from 1993. We'll talk about our thoughts on the movie in a bit. Let's just go through what happens in this movie first. 
Well, Matt, Matt, hang on. Okay. Hang on, buddy. <laughs> I feel like maybe you're trying to get out of a little something. I'm not trying to get out of anything. Because I believe... I have complex thoughts about this movie. Well, let me ask you this right now. Okay. You posited the reason we're doing this is that you said this movie is not that bad. I did not say that. What were your exact words? I said this movie is better than its reputation. Okay, okay. Better than its reputation. Do, before we get into anything else, do you stand by that? Yes. Do you, okay, so you think this movie is better than its reputation? I think its reputation is that it's an unwatchable mess. Okay. And I think it's a little better than that. You think it's a watchable mess? Yeah. Yeah. I think there are, this movie gets fucking incomprehensible. I I think it does not tell its story particularly well. (laughs) Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. But I think it is a comprehensible story, and I think it does some interesting things to adapt the Mario mythos into a movie. I don't think they are all successful. But I think it's got an interesting visual style. I love Bob Hoskins. Even though his accent work in this is... We'll, we'll talk about it later. It's certainly something. Yeah. I, I think John Leguizamo is good in it. I mean, I'm doing my high points now. That's why I wanted to wait. But, like, I think... Is it a good movie? No. Is it the absolute steaming pile of shit disaster that it is usually talked about as being? Also, yes. I also th- I think the answer to that is no. I I it again, I don't think it's a good movie. It's clearly the result of a lot of different forces pulling it in different directions. And you could tell. Yeah, I would like to say more of that when we get to like high points, low points, final thoughts. Okay. All right. Well then let's let's get into it. Okay. The cold open, the start of the movie, the beginning of the movie, is 20 years earlier, 1973, a woman in a spiky jacket delivers an egg to a convent, and then a human-looking baby hatches out of that egg. And the nuns do not react to this like they should. <laughs> yeah, they like a, like one of them just like slowly crosses herself. Yeah, and it's not like the three of them look at each other and go, "So did somebody put a baby in that egg?" They should be more incredulous that they just saw a humanoid baby hatch out of an egg. They should have literally any dialogue. Yes. I think would have probably helped. Yes. They didn't want to pay these as anything but extras, these nuns. But yeah, it's wild that a baby hatches out of this egg. And this baby is 
Princess Daisy. And the not, person, not Princess Peach, nor Princess Toadstool. We talked about this as we were watching the movie. And I think there's a couple of reasons why it's Daisy instead of Peach. One, she was not Peach yet in 1993. Correct. She was Princess Toadstool. Yes. By all evidence, she did not become Peach until Super Mario 64. For all you young'uns listening to this, Peach was not always Peach, Princess Peach. She was Princess Toadstool for a long time, through all of the NES Mario games. And I'm pretty sure Super Mario World as well. And she did not become Peach until... uh, Super Mario 64, and I'm pretty sure they just didn't want to call the character Princess Toadstool. So they named her Daisy after the character from Super Mario Land. She's Who, to be fair, yes, is... And I think this is, like, later canon, but Daisy is Luigi's love interest. I think this movie establishes that she's Luigi's love interest. I think it might. I think there's a couple of kind of interesting things that this movie establishes that are actually part of Mario canon now. I do not remember if they were Mario Mario and Luigi Mario in the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. I think they might have been. In the like Lou Albano parts, like the live action parts. Okay. Of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. So I think maybe that established that they were Mario Mario and Luigi Mario. But they are also Mario Mario and Luigi Mario in this movie. Well, because they, they are the Mario brothers. Right. Except they're actually not brothers either. That is that is hazy in this movie. Yeah, bud. The way it is discussed in the movie, there's a scene where... Okay, well, let's just move ahead and we'll get to it. But essentially, the the woman that drops off Daisy at the orphanage or at the convent, never seen again. That is, I suppose, Daisy's mother. And it's said later in the movie that she's dead. But it's never said how she died or where she went. Yeah. So... Anyway, 20 years in the future, the Mario brothers, Mario Mario and Luigi Mario, are having a very hard time running their plumbing business. They're totally broke. Which is, which is weird because the first thing that we establish about these characters is that they are bad at their job. Well, it's not that they're bad. They just don't have any business. They're, they're good at plumbing. They're, they're, they're a failing business. Yes. They're good at plumbing, but other plumbing companies, in particular the one run by a mobster named Scapelli, keep taking all their jobs. So, like, the first thing that happens is they get a call about a broken dishwasher at a restaurant. And so they rush to go try to fix that broken dishwasher, and some other plumbing company has already, like, scooped the job out from under them by the time they get there. Which is weird, because that is not how calling a plumber works. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Unless the restaurant called, like, five different plumbing companies, and whoever got there first 
they gave the job to them. Uh, yeah, that's not a thing. Yeah. Uh, so Mario is worried about money. We see that Luigi spends all of his time at home watching like a weekly world news style show about like paranormal weird events. And there's an episode about alternate dimensions to lay the groundwork for what's coming. Do you remember when there was a weekly world news TV show? Yes, I do. On USA? It was like a joke. It was like a joke show. Yeah, it was like a, like it was, I mean, the weekly world news at a certain point became very self-aware. Yes, 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 yes. That's all I had to say about that, Matt. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I enjoyed the show. It came on, I think, after Weird Science. I think it did. Yeah. After Duckman was canceled. Yeah. So what the hell are you staring at? (laughs) Uh, So the, the job gets scooped out from under them. On the way back from the job, they their van breaks down. And... Mario has to go into a bodega and buy a bottle of Evian water to use to like cool down the engine of the van. And while he's in the bodega, Luigi meets Daisy, who is overseeing an archaeological dig in Brooklyn. Right. And I made a joke when we, when we first see her. Because she's a paleontologist. And I was like, oh, they clearly wanted like a Laura Dern type. Because she is dressed a lot like Laura Dern in Jurassic Park. Very much so, yes. And then you went and looked and you were like, this movie came out before Jurassic Park. It's only like a matter of two or three weeks, but yeah. Yeah. Which is wild because... If this movie comes out after Jurassic Park, all the stuff where, like, oh, it's about dinosaurs makes more sense. Yes. But, you know, people fucking love dinosaurs. I mean, I love dinosaurs. Everyone loves dinosaurs. If you don't love dinosaurs, like, what the fuck's your problem, honestly? Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's about dinosaurs because of Super Mario World, not because of Jurassic Park. Shocking. Yeah. But it's it's got the zeitgeist. Yeah. So, Daisy like needs to use the phone that Luigi is using while Luigi on the phone call is being asked for another emergency plumbing job. Uh Uh-huh. But Luigi being of kind heart hands over the phone to Daisy. Luigi being of horny stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Like stops listening to this call about work. And instead, uh, just hands it over to uh, to Daisy. Yes, of kind heart and raging boner. Luigi hands over. Raging boner. Thank you. That is the exact phrase I could not think of. Luigi, like Mario, fixes the van. All this time, Daisy is being followed by uh, Iggy and Spike, who are just two dudes. It's Fisher Stephen and Richard Edson. They're like trying to go kidnap Daisy, but they don't know what Daisy looks like. So they keep trying to figure out who Daisy might be. Uh, So after Mario fixes the van, he talks Luigi into asking Daisy out on a date and they go on a double date. 
Mario and his girlfriend, whose name is Daniela, and Luigi and Daisy. Mm-hmm. And it's at this double date, like they go to an Italian restaurant, because obviously they do. Luigi explains that he was an orphan, and Mario took him in and raised him. So that kind of explains why they're like, they're, they have like a 25-year age difference. Why they have a 25-year age difference, and why why neither of them is Italian. <laughs> but, but Yeah. Why, why one of them is is John Leguizamo. And literally, John Leguizamo and Bob Hoskins, uh, okay, they're 18 years apart. So yeah. it's overestimating a little bit, but there's an 18-year age difference. But yeah, like, Mario, I guess, is presented as Italian, even though Bob Hoskins is not. Yeah. But like, Luigi is definitely... <laughs> Yeah, Luigi is 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 Latino. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's Latino. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nonetheless, uh, it's explained that they're not biological brothers, which is also weird because I mean that essentially means Mario is Luigi's in this film. He's his like adopted father, mm-hmm. not his brother. But they call each other brothers. Yeah, I don't they know. They call each other brothers. Yeah, like yeah. At, at that point, Luigi says, "Oh, Mario, he's my mother." And Mario's like, "What?" And he goes, "Oh, he's my mother, my father, my brother, my uncle. He's uncle everything. Everything. Yeah. yeah. That is a weird piece of the lore. It is. Yes. And I don't know why you would do that. I. It, it's got to be that. Like, how old is Bob Hoskins while filming this? He was so he was born in 1942, so he would have been 51, 50. Okay, so I guess they didn't want a. I guess they didn't want like 50 year old Mario to have a romantic entanglement with the very young, like written to be college age, Daisy. Because that yeah. would have been a little weird. It would have been weird. So Bob Hoskins was 50. John Leguizamo was 23, 24, something like that. Yeah, which right, which does raise the question of, like, well, then why cast him? <laughs> like, you didn't. Wait. Hang on. Okay, John Leguizamo born in 1960. So he would have been, like, 23, 22, 23. Uh, 33. 33. Yes. That he makes is, more sense. He's playing young. He's playing young. I, he, that's and why he looks younger than Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins doesn't really look fifty. Yeah, yeah. I was getting it mixed up in my head because I said they were eighteen years apart, and they definitely are. But yeah, John Leguizamo must have been thirty-two or thirty-three when this got made. He seems younger. He definitely seems younger. Uh, anyway, Iggy and Spike get mixed up, and they accidentally kidnap Mario's girlfriend. Daniela instead of Daisy. But then later they actually kidnap Daisy. Yeah. They keep it is it is mentioned that they keep getting it wrong. They keep getting cuz they've kidnapped like half a dozen women that we see later in the movie. Yeah. Uh but so anyway, like 
grabbing women. Yeah. That, that are around the right age. Although it's weird that they grab Daniela if she is closer to, you know what, I don't, it's weird. It it's is. very weird. So, da- da- essentially, Daisy takes Luigi. There's way too much happening in this part in Brooklyn. They're in Brooklyn for way too long. They should get to Dinosaur Land slash the Mushroom Kingdom within the first 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah, and also, like, Luigi is the main character. Luigi's the protagonist of this film. He's the one who has something, there's something he wants and goes after. Yeah. Yeah. Because he wants to save Daisy. Yeah. Yeah. Mario doesn't want to go at all. Because, okay, Daisy takes Luigi to the cave, to the dig site, where she's been working. And reveals that she's dug up dinosaur bones with opposable thumbs. Which is a huge, which would be a huge deal. Yes. Because they're from the other dimension. They're from the alternate dimension. Oh, there's some exposition right at the beginning of the movie with some, like, video game style animation Video game style in like if they would have made this look like Mario three or or even like like Super Mario World, I don't know how complex that would have been. But I mean, like essentially, you could do that with Mario Paint, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. it seems like <laughs> they could it use would be Mario cool. Paint to make this opening. But instead, they just did some like it looked. You said it looked like CDI animation, which is accurate. Yeah, it's they've animated it and then they've pixelated it. Yeah. That explained that 65 million years ago the meteor that hit Earth and killed the dinosaurs didn't actually kill the dinosaurs. It created two separate dimensions, one of which is ruled by mammals and one of which is ruled by dinosaurs, by reptiles. So right away that makes no sense. Yeah. So Although like, I did, a, that is a big ask for like that's a big buy for the first thing to happen in your movie. Yes, but I did make the point that every Mario, every version of Mario, involves interdimensional travel. Yes, because the Mushroom Kingdom is always an alternate dimension. It is established in lore. That Mario is from Brooklyn. He's from New York. Yes. He lives in the Mushroom Kingdom, which is in another dimension. That was, that's in the Super Mario Super Show cartoon. That's in the, I believe in the instruction manual for Mario, for Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. The, the, I remember the opening credits, the animated opening credits of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. The way he got to the alternate dimension in that, according to that, is he got sucked down a bathtub drain. Yeah, he, yeah it's, he goes through pipes. Yeah. We should anyway. have gotten an, a montage to start with. God, if this is how Mario Brothers, the movie, the Super Mario Brothers movie opens, because I have not seen a frame of it, but we should have gotten a montage of like Mario and Luigi trying different jobs. Like being construction workers, being the, like wrecking crew, 
Yeah. Be like like that should have been how we started. Pro tennis players. <laughs> not that not that hadn't happened yet, I don't think. <laughs> definitely like all the pre Mario Brothers. Boxing referee stuff. Boxing referee would have been very funny. Yeah, that would have been good. Doctor. Doctor, obviously. You just throw pills at the at the at the germs. They go away. Get out of here, Mario. You're just throwing pills at the problem. <laughs> like that like that like a montage like that would have actually been pretty fun. And you could have done that then. That's true. In the cave. Okay, so the, these bones with the opposable thumbs are from the reptile ruled dimension where reptiles have evolved into humanoids. So that's how Dennis Hopper is a guy. Evolution. Instead of evolving into birds, which is what dinosaurs really did, they evolved into humanoids. You know, Matt, evolution is a mystery. That's true. While Luigi is being shown these bones... Two rogue plumbers come running out of another part of the cave, and the cave starts filling up with water. Because this Scapelli guy doesn't want the dig site here. He wants it to be cleared out so that he can build some kind of development on this land. So they're sabotaging the dig site. So instead of what would be an absolutely super famous... And important discovery, like scientific discovery, that he could probably get some bank for. Yeah. He's like, no, I gotta build my shopping mall. Or whatever. Yeah. Right overlooking Manhattan. Yeah, on the literal bank of the Hudson River. Yes. So. Is that the Hudson River there? Is that what that is? I don't don't know. You know, I don't know either. I it could be the East River, actually. It's, I uh, mean, it is the more eastern one, you know? I don't know. I'll, I'll look and make sure. Luigi goes and tries to fix the leak, but he's having a hard time doing it. Because Luigi's not actually a very good... It's the East River. Uh, he's not actually a very good plumber. He's an apprentice. So he goes, he goes home and gets Mario. Mario. He goes and gets Mario, who is, like, in his undershirt... Just like staring into a mirror. Yes. Like almost doing like a, would you fuck me? Like, <laughs> I, I took weird. I took it that he was upset that Daniela wasn't calling him back. But he just like, he just went on a, like, this is that night. He just yeah. went on a date with her and like dropped her off. That's true. And so, he was like, oh, Daniela, I love you. So, they get Mario. Mario like gets dressed, and you noticed, Chris. I think this is actually before this. They're wearing opposite colors. Mario is wearing a green jacket with a red collar. Yeah, and Luigi is wearing a red hoodie. And I about, I almost tapped out. <laughs> I couldn't fucking deal with that. They bring Mario to the cave. Mario fixes the leak, and. Uh, just as the leak is getting fixed, Iggy and Spike show up and kidnap Daisy. And they run to another part of the cave. 
and they jump through a portal in the rock wall to go to the dinosaur dimension. There's a there's actually a pretty good physical comedy bit uh, where Mario doesn't want to go. Yeah, Luigi's Black, like Luigi kind of like falls through. You know, the protagonist of the film. Like we get some real physical comedy of Bob Hoskins, like kind of like you know, oh, am I gonna go through this portal or oh boy? But then he does like he finally like slips and falls into it, but it's like. The, it cuts to a shot of him like in mid midair cartwheel. Yes, like he does a full flip. Yeah, like a somersault. He like yeah. somersaults into the into the portal, and then there's a pretty cool shot of him doing some interdimensional travel, and then he arrives in the dinosaur dimension along with Luigi, and. The dinosaur dimension is like a very obvious sound stage, but I do think it's like a pretty cool set design. It's clearly inspired by Blade Runner. It's got these like cars that are supposedly cable cars, like they're electric cable cars, even though, as you observed, Chris, there are no cables. <laughs> yeah. Well, which I do think is like a fun weird and kind of subtle thing because like they don't have fossil fuels right they don't have gasoline so everything's electric which is which is a pretty funny bit i don't know how everything is as polluted as it is and all the air is all fucked up when they don't have that but i mean there's other ways to fuck up air i guess yes and everything's like neon and like a lot of the kind of like fan servicey nods to the video games are just like the names of businesses. Yeah, boy, I sure am glad that they took a big swing and didn't just have a bunch of things pointing it <laughs> at the, like being like, "Oh, hey, do you know what a thwomp is?" It's that's yes, that you know is what Bill is. I'm glad they didn't fall into that trap like this new movie did. I look, it's just a reference. It's not. Uh, yes, it is fancy. It is a little fan servicey. It is, uh, and like, but it's not like I told you. Like, I would actually have loved it if they went into Thwomp's bar because there's a big, you know, sign that's like Thwomp, and it's like written in an arrow pointing down. Like, that's a good bit. Like, why didn't they go in there and find out? Like, like the bartender is a giant spiky rectangle who drops down from the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe that's maybe that got written out. When they had to make the movie cheaper, I don't know. Maybe, but like the but this is a this sequence at least like looks like there's some at least a little bit of money put into it because everybody's in like a weird costume. Everybody's yeah. got makeup. It's all I mean, it's all practical. Obviously, it's 1993. So, like, give me a big spiky rectangle. Give me a bullet with arms. Gunshot shot bullets with arms. We can agree on that. Yes. Mario and Luigi are asking around about where Daisy is. And also, Luigi now has the what they keep calling the rock throughout the movie. It is a piece of the meteor that 
created the two dimensions that Daisy has had since she was brought to Earth as a baby. Because if this piece of meteor, this rock, is restored to the full meteor, it will merge the two dimensions into one. I don't know how that works. It's just what the movie says. I I mentioned this later. Like, it is very weird that this movie, as much as I respect the the fact that they were like, oh, we don't just want to have, like, you know, Daisy gets kidnapped and then Mario comes and rescues her. It's weird that this movie has a MacGuffin in general and that that is the MacGuffin in particular. And it's something that, like, is... Again, Mario got a very simple story. Like, what there is of it. And I feel like multiple, like, a dinosaur dimension that will merge with the Earth dimension and then somehow King, like, King Koopa and his army of small-headed lizard men I honestly, like, Matt, I think we could take him. (laughs) I, like, I think we could take him. The United States of America? Certainly the United States of America. The the United States military? Yeah, I think they... Yeah, I think the United States military could deal with Dennis Hopper. (laughs) (laughs) So Mario and Luigi are asking around about where Daisy is. They meet this woman kind of walking out on the street. This is Bertha. And she's like, what will you give me if I give you this information? You may recall that Bertha is the name of a large fish in Mario 3. Yes. So she's dressed, she's a a larger woman dressed in red. A a fish that puts Mario in her mouth. Keep that in mind. Uh, Anyway, Bertha steals the rock from Mario and jumps away with jumping boots. Because they had to explain why Mario can jump good. That is his defining trait. Like, yeah. like my, one of my favorite bits in the like Mario RPG games is when like, oh, you have to prove you're Mario, and you do it just by jumping. And I think that's good because Mario has like a six foot vertical. It's true, it's true. But I don't know, man. It's weird. It's pretty weird. It's a weird way to like. It's weird that this thing that is so inherent to Mario is not actually inherent to Mario. <laughs> it, it was a thing where it's like. Hey, Bob Hoskins, show us how high you could jump. And then he did, and they were like, we gotta give this guy boots. They coulda, they coulda, coulda CG'd that one. (laughs) So, Daisy is in the clutches of Iggy and Spike and also King Koopa now. Who, there are signs up all around the dinosaur dimension saying, like, re-elect Koopa. So he's more like the president. He's like a, he's like a Putin-style dictator. Yeah. Where they have the illusion of elections, at least. But they keep calling him King Koopa in the movie. He's not really a king. He doesn't have divine right. He's an elected leader. <laughs> he's, he's an elected king, though. 
Yeah, I guess. Or maybe he was like prime minister and now he's king. So I guess are over from when he because there is an existing monarchy that he has overthrown. That's true. There there was a king who was Daisy's father, who got devolved into fungus, and so now he is a presence everywhere throughout the dinosaur dimension because there's fungus everywhere. This like it's just like gloopy mucus fungus. It's not mushrooms, which is what it should be. It should be mushrooms everywhere, and they should make you stronger. <laughs> yeah, there, it one is there is a bit of it that's a mushroom very late in the movie, which we'll get to. But anyway, Daisy is told that she is the daughter of the former king, who is alive but not around anymore, and her mother is dead, and. Also that her rock, the thing that she wore on her necklace, is the last remaining bit of the meteorite. And so Koopa wants it to mer- so he can merge the dimensions and take over the human world. Des- destroy, kill, he wants to kill all the mammals. That's what he wants to do. Ultimate destruction. He has also clocked that Mario and Luigi are here. To save Daisy. And he also thinks that they have the rock. So he has sent the police after them. And he's like, he's told all the police to look out, be on the lookout for two plumbers. They meet Toad, who was a guy who's just like out on the street. He's just a guy. Who, Chris, I think you observed that he's supposed to be a riff on... On Mojo Nixon. On Mojo Nixon, yeah. Which is such a weird... That's like that's not even like a deep cut. That's a weird cut. <laughs> a bit. A bit. Because like, he's got like... He's like playing guitar, and he's talking about how, how the king is everywhere, man. That is Mojo Nixon. Is it Mojo Nixon? That's, that is Mojo Nixon. No way. It's him. Oh my god, it is Mojo... So I recognized that it was a Mojo Nixon riff and did not recognize that it is actually Mojo Nixon. That's him. That's bananas. That's the, <laughs> Wow. Because in my brain, I'm like, obviously that's not Mojo Nixon. Because he's not very good in this. <laughs> he's not very good in this. But that does make sense why he he's doing Elvis is Everywhere, but it's The King is Everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How wow. did that... How did that happen? What what decision was made? Beats me. But here's the thing. So he sings a song, like a protest song, to Mario and Luigi. And that's the best thing he does in the movie. Like, he sings a protest song about how, like, Koopa's a bad guy to Mario and Luigi. And then he gets arrested for it. Yeah. And then... The cops notice that Mario and Luigi are plumbers, so they arrest them too. Like when Mojo Nixon in this is acting, not so good. But like the part where he sings is pretty fun, pretty enjoyable. Maybe they were, maybe they were like, "Man, if you ain't got Mojo Nixon, then your movie could use some fixing." <laughs> so they get t- they get arrested, they get taken to jail. Uh, there's a whole scene where they're getting booked. 
that is bonkers. It's this is the start of there being way too much weird sex stuff in this movie. Yeah. The the cop who's like booking them, who's like at the front desk, is Don Lake. He's one of those actors that you've seen. You've seen him. He he he's one of those, hey, it's that guy actors. You might know him from the various Christopher Guest movies, because he's somebody in all of those. But as he's booking them, some lady just has her foot like on the side of his face. And it's no mention is made of it. Yeah. We don't get like a clear shot of what's going on. There's just a lady with a high heel like rubbing it on his face. Yeah. It's <laughs> which is weirder than if they would have drawn attention to it. It's so weird. It's so weird. Really weird. They get put in a like a jail cell, but it's like literally like a chicken coop. It's like all stacked up. Like the the cubes, the cells are all stacked on top of each other. And uh, they are taken to Koopa, who demonstrates for them that he has de-evolution technology. And he demonstrates to them it to them by de-evolving Toad into a Goomba. Which, in this movie, Goombas aren't Goombas. They're big humanoid dudes with little tiny lizard heads. They've just de-evolved their heads, which somehow also makes their bodies much taller. Like, huge, yeah. And, th- and thicker. And, like... Folks, Goombas are shiitake mushrooms. That's what they are. Or chestnuts. You discovered that the word actually means chestnut. The word, Karibo, means chestnut guy. And they were called that because they tried to make them look like shiitake mushrooms. And then somebody was like, that was like a chestnut. And it's like, well, it's too late now. Because they were the last enemy introduced in Mario Brothers. I I went on a deep dive to find this out. Because mm-hmm. uh, the original plan was for it to just be uh, Koopa Troopas, and the people who were like playtesting it were like, "No, that's too difficult. There should be like a f- basic enemy you can kill just by stomping on it." And so the, that was the last thing they did was introduce the the Goomba. So like, I don't. Did anyone from Nintendo have any input in this film? Great question. I think the answer is no, because I do happen to know that after the release of this movie, Nintendo became way more protective of its intellectual property. It's like licensing it out for movies. That's why it took so long for another Mario movie to happen. 30 years. I mean, that makes that makes sense. Yeah, because Nintendo locked it down. Well, someone should have been like, oh, no, that's what that is. <laughs> like, this is not, this is not correct. <laughs> they de-evolve Toad, and somehow Mario and Luigi managed to get Koopa, King Koopa, in the de-evolution machine and they start to de-evolve him 
as they escape. But he gets out pretty quickly and is not totally de-evolved. He's maybe de-evolved just a little. And uh, There's also a bit where he's explaining like everybody's evolution to the Mario brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's talking about how he evolved from the T-Rex. Like, he specifically? Which is weird. Yes. Uh, but, like... I don't know if he does it anywhere else in the film, but throughout this scene, Dennis Hopper is doing T-Rex arms. He is, yes. Which is pretty good, honestly. Pretty good. good. Uh, I mean, look, he's very Donald Trump in this. Oh, he's clearly based on... Yeah. Like, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, uh, this was, I guess, before Donald Trump was had made any effort to get into politics, but yeah, it's, it feels pretty, pretty clear. Yeah. Daisy. Meanwhile, they escape. There's like a car chase. The, the cops shoot fireballs at them because their guns shoot fireballs instead of bullets, but not out of like a flower. No, it's a gun, which would have been a more fun thing. Like if the flowers worked like they do in smash bros. Yeah, but you know, I'm sure that's one of the things where the director was like, the directors were like, "That's too unrealistic. It should just be a gun." Anyway, so they escape uh, the police station. Daisy is in captivity, and uh, King Koopa's right hand woman, Lena, who Chris, you were very surprised to see, was played by Fiona Shaw. Mm-hmm. Explains like her whole background to her, and also introduces her to Yoshi, who is kind of not really here to do anything. He's just he's just in the movie because he was the new hot character in Mario. Like, what does Yoshi? What does Yoshi do in this movie, <laughs> buddy? It's like nothing. Nothing. At one point, he kind of tries to swallow Lena, but it doesn't work. He, like, grabs her with his tongue. Yeah. Well, you know, he does in the game. Yeah. There, 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 honestly, this would not happen and should not happen, but there should have been a bit where, like, like where Yoshi should have been big enough to ride on. Yes. Like, I, I have the feeling Yoshi was the size of a house cat because of budgetary concerns. Probably. But there should have been a bit where they're riding on Yoshi and they need to get up to a jump that's a little too high. I do think Yoshi is one of the few things in this movie that is actually CGI. And I assume that had a big effect on what they could and couldn't do with Yoshi in the movie. You don't think there was, like, a practical Yoshi? I don't think so. I I don't remember seeing one in the movie. Okay. All right. And I doubt that they the technology was there to have a human actor ride a CGI Yoshi at that point. Probably not. Yeah. After they escape, Mario and Luigi drive. There's like a whole thing about how Luigi is good with directions and Mario Mario is terrible with them cuz Luigi has instincts. Yeah. Um, so they drive into the desert, and so they get stuck in the desert for a while. Iggy and Spike get put in the D 
de-evolution machine, but instead of being de-evolved, they are evolved into being really smart. But the only effect that this has on them is it increases their vocabulary. They don't actually get smarter. They can do math now? They can do math, and they say thesaurus words. But that's kind of it. (laughs) So they go out to the desert to look for Mario and Luigi and are still absolute fucking idiots. And they get stuck in like a mud pit. And Mario and Luigi have to get them out of there. And essentially they end up working together because they are about to get kidnapped by shy guys or they do get kidnapped by, I think these are supposed to be shy guys. Matt, they're just fans of BDSM. They do have those sorts of uh, masks on. Whatever the case, they escape from them, and they all go to a nightclub together. And so Mario and Luigi get new costumes, and this time Mario is in yellow and Luigi is in orange. Again, purposely putting them in the wrong colors. (laughs) At the nightclub which has both a song by the Divinals and Everybody Walk the Dinosaur playing. Which you were like, that's that's a different version. That is re-recorded. It was a di- re-recorded version of Walk the Dinosaur. Which, I, I, Matt, a thing I did not know about you was that you have passionate feelings about, about that song, song, Walk the Dinosaur. Yes, I do. I, I was obsessed with that song and music video when I was five or six years old. Yeah. This is more like they're opening the forbidden door. Mm, yes. And getting on the forbidden floor. So they run into Bertha again at this nightclub. And Mario and Bertha, Mario seduces Bertha and dances with her. And she's like wearing the rock, the meteor piece, as a necklace. And Mario gets freaky, where he's trying to, like, grab the the meteor piece with his mouth. And as such, he's, like, you know, touching her chest with his mouth on the dance floor. And, <laughs> like, it's not, he's not intentionally doing anything sexual, but um, it's it so looks that sexual. Way. It certainly looks that way. And they dance in a very sexual way. And she is so turned on by this. Chris, you observed. She switches alignments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mario, uh, you know he's a plumber because he can lay that pipe. He sure can't. Uh, she, Bertha, is so hot and bothered by Mario's dancing that she like helps them escape when Koopa and his troops show up to try to take the rock. Oh, so now... Mario and Luigi are in possession of the rock and they escape. It's around here after they escape the nightclub that they do finally wear like Mario and Luigi clothes. Yeah, they get they get their movie versions of their real clothes instead of overalls, is, their coveralls, which is fine. I actually think like they they look they look like the movie versions of Mario and Luigi. 
Sure. I think, if I'm not mistaken, in the original Super Mario Brothers, Mario's overalls are red, right? Matt, this is... This is, like, the most Mandela-affected thing. (laughs) Also. Okay, so, picture Mario. Yeah. What color are his overalls and what color is his shirt? In most games, his overalls are blue and his shirt is red. In the original Super Mario Brothers, his overalls are red and his shirt is brown. Yes. And Luigi is just palette swapped. The hat and overalls are green. Right. Yeah. And then, and Mario doesn't look like what you think Mario looks like. Right. And I, if I remember right, on the cover of Super Mario Brothers Two, his overalls are red. And what about the Nintendo Power cover? That I don't know. And then in Mario 3, he's wearing black overalls and a red shirt. Okay, but in the game Super Mario Bros. 2, his overalls are blue and his shirt is red. Yes. And then so, in Mario World, blue overalls, red shirt, and that from, is... That from can, there on out, from there on out, blue overalls, red shirt. Yes. Because his overalls are denim, supposed to be denim, and he's just wearing a red shirt and a red hat. The point, the reason I make this point is that... It's the original Super Mario Brothers color scheme, except it's blue instead of brown. So, like, the main part is red, and then, like, the sleeves are blue. Nintendo First issue of Nintendo Power. Mm -hmm. Blue overalls, blue cap, red shirt. So his cap's the wrong color, too. Yeah. Wild. Wild. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Mario 2. Mario Madness. Red shirt, like, red shirt, or, no, red overalls, blue shirt, red cap. On the cover. On the in cover. The, in the game itself, blue overalls, red shirt, red cap. Yes. Yep. Anyway, there's this whole thing where they're on an elevator with a bunch of Goombas. Mm-hmm. And they make the Goombas dance, and they escape the elevator, and none of it makes a lick of fucking sense. It's it's nonsense and it lasts forever. They should have just cut that whole sequence from the movie. Yeah. It doesn't like, I don't, I, okay. I think this might've been where I got distracted for about 10 minutes, (laughs) but I do not remember like what is happening in this scene and why they're they're they know they, okay, so they're they're at the back of the elevator, and there are all these Goombas in front of them in the elevator, and somehow the Goombas haven't seen them, right? Because they're standing behind them. Yeah, and so they have to figure out a way to get out of the elevator without alerting the Goombas. And so what they do is, and there's music playing in the elevator. So what they do is they move them around to get them to dance with each other. To so like, then, like slow dancing. Yes, and then they open up like a like a vent inside the elevator and climb out. It does it's it's bad. It's totally 
unnecessary to anything in the plot. Somebody just thought it was funny for the Goombas to dance, but this the length of this sequence and how little sense it makes does not justify any humor value. Correct. It is just it's 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 where my mind starts to wander. Yes. They get out of the elevator, then there's a sequence where they're there's a big bottomless pit like in the video games. And they don't know how to get across it. Luigi does a thing where he like jumps up but attaches himself to a hook. And he's like, Mario, I'm flying. Look at me, Mario, I'm flying. It's it's, the, it's, like, the, it's the mushroom, right? What's the mushroom? Like it th- this is he's like he's like, you gotta trust the mushroom, right? He's like, trust the fungus, yeah. Yeah. So Mario's like, oh, you can fly? Okay. And so he jumps, and Luigi's like, no, no, wait, I'm on a hook. No, no, you can't fly. And Mario falls down in the pit. Also, Mario reveals here that he's afraid of heights, which is a weird trait for Mario to have. Weird trait for Mario. Yeah. Uh, but the jump he, man. The jump man. He falls down the pit for a ways, but then some of the fungus makes like a little trampoline for him to bounce off of. And so he bounces up and is caught by Luigi. Daisy, before this, is introduced to her dad, who's now just like a huge collection of fungus, by the way. They get out of the pit. They swing across. They contact Daisy, who lets them know that she's in this area where her dad is and to come meet her there. So they all converge there together. And Daisy's like, Hey, this is my dad. And Luigi's like, he's been helping us this whole time with, with the fungus and everything. And just before this, Mario picks a mushroom that is growing out of the fungus. Doesn't make him big. Doesn't make him big. Then, you know, Koopa and his people show up. They, they, oh, somehow Lena gets the rock piece. I forget how, but she ends up with it one way or another. There's a big fight out in the streets. Lena gets kind of electrocuted. I guess during the big fight out in the streets, that's when Lena gets the rock piece. But she gets kind of electrocuted, and then uh, Mario keeps fooling Koopa into thinking he has the rock piece, but all he has is the the necklace that it was on. And so they fight each other for a while. Luigi, Daisy, and Lena all go to the full meteor where Lena is putting the last piece of the meteor into the rock. And for a moment, the dimensions do converge. Mario and King Koopa get disintegrated like it's the end of fucking Avengers Infinity War. It it almost looks exactly like the end of Infinity War. Yeah. Which is weird for this to have come out so many years before. Yeah. Um, and then they appear at the dig site where the uh, mob boss Capelli and his guys are, and they're having like they're there to have a big argument about how like we want to build our thing here, 
Koopa takes his de-evolution gun, which they've been making de-evolution guns throughout the movie. It's a super scope, by the way. It's a Super Nintendo super scope. He shoots Scapelli with the de-evolution gun and makes him into a monkey. There and it's in front of a crowd of people. Yes, and instead of fleeing in absolute terror, the people just laugh that he got turned into a monkey. Always oh, funny, man. Monkeys are funny, but I think that would not be my reaction to seeing a human man get de-evolved yeah, into a monkey. That's because you're not from New York, baby. You mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. That's that's just how it is in New York. Uh, Luigi and Daisy. Oh, by the way, by putting her the 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 rock the the shard of meteor into the full meteor, um, Lena got turned into a skeleton. Yes. More specifically, she got turned into a fossil. And Luigi's joke about that is she sure leaves an impression. Nonetheless, yeah. Daisy and Luigi managed to get the little piece back out of the meteor, and Koopa and Mario return to the dinosaur dimension. There's also a thing here where Mario has a babam, and it's the only thing in this movie that looks like one for one something from the video games. Except it's tiny. Except it's tiny because it's a little wind-up toy, which is which a babam is. Yes, like, but it is yeah. Like the one thing they decided should be accurate is the babam. So there's a whole thing where the babam, Mario winds it up, he sets it down, it starts walking. It walks off the platform that he's standing on. Koopa's like, "Ah, you fucked up again, Mario." And then we see the babam go through a long tunnel through the fungus it walks across a street and like a guy has to slam on the brakes of his car to avoid running it over then it walks up a wall and it finally walks back to the platform right underneath koopa's feet and explodes and the last thing we see of the babam is its feet the undersides of its feet which say reebok on them I should go could go for a pair of Reeboks right now, Chris. Do you think that was a like paid for or was that a joke? It was a thousand percent paid for. Okay. Because I saw in the end credits that Reebok was got a special thanks. Special thanks to Reebok. Yep. Which along with the state of North Carolina. Yep. Yep. Koopa gets blown up and flies into like a big like pot that's hanging over the street. Mario chases him in there. They fight in there for a little while. Eventually, Mario and Luigi shoot Koopa, King Koopa, with de-evolution guns, super scopes, and turn him into a dinosaur thing that doesn't look like Koopa. Yeah. That also doesn't like look like a T-Rex. No, it just it just looks like a vaguely CGI dinosaur. Then they shoot him even more, and he turns into a pile of green goop that lands on the street. 
and everyone cheers because Mario and Luigi just did a political assassination. Yeah, Mario. We we just I mean, look, I know there's that there's that uh Brian David Gilbert who's I I saw someone call him Brian Gamer Dilbert. <laughs> and I thought that was really funny, but it's also like super mean. It's very insulting to Brian David Gilbert. Yes. Yeah. Love BDG. Big fan. Very glad that he's uh he's hooked up with Dropout now. Very exciting. Um but there's that movie about how Mario's doing war crimes. But like also this this movie like we were we had occasion to be like, is Mario a cop? And Mario is kind of a cop, and Mario is also like kind of a war criminal. Yeah. And kind yeah. of a like I, I mean, bare men's Mario is supporting monarchy. We we have ha- we've definitely had the conversation about whether Mario's a monarchist. Yes, we've we've yes, we've had that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uncomfortable to think about Mario's motivations. Yes. Anyway, everybody cheers Mario and Luigi. The real king evolves back into a guy who is Lance Henriksen. Who, who like total screen time, three seconds? Yeah, who gives a little laugh. But I don't know how he evolved back into a guy. There's no explanation of that. Mario and Luigi get sent back to Brooklyn, and Mario has to keep saying, Luigi, let's go. Luigi, let's go. Because he keeps looking at Daisy. But Daisy has to stay, and Luigi has to leave. He's, and then, he's like, yeah, you know, if you really love her, you can't, uh, you, you can't stop her from staying at this place where she finally feels at home. In this cyberpunk dystopian dinosaur world. Well, it's just at home. The idea is that she and her dad are going to fix everything. And how's that go? How's that work out for her? Well, the stinger, the last scene, is Daisy comes into Mario and Luigi's apartment, and she's in full, like, battle mode, where she's got, like, you know, grenades strapped to her body. She's got like a bandolier and like she's she's looking she's looking a little Linda Hamilton. A little Linda Hamilton. And she's like, guys, we need you again. Come with me. You won't believe what happened. And you can only assume that Wart has attacked. Yeah. Cause there's literally no big bad guys in Mario left. <laughs> yeah. Like who else is there? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much just Bowser. And Wart, and that's it. And, and, and Wart, who's not even real. Who's not even real. Who's a dream. Smithy? From Mario RPG. Yeah, maybe they were going to do Mario RPG. And it's like, we got to bring Bowser back and team up with him, and also Gino is here. <laughs> but Gino is, like, just a guy. Gino is just um, Sean Patrick Flannery. <laughs> then there's, shockingly, a post credit scene in this movie from 1993 where two Japanese men are talking to Iggy and Spike who now, I guess well, live the, in the reveal is that they're talking to Iggy and Spike. There's these two Japanese guys who are like, we want to make a video game about your story. And then, and then you find out that they're not talking to Mario and Luigi. They're talking to Iggy and Spike. 
All right, Chris, what are our high points for Super Mario Brothers, the movie? I don't know, Matt. What are your high points? I, a I, movie that you love and I, said I, was great. I, you are mischaracterizing my words. I do think there are some high points in this movie, though. I think Bob Hoskins, despite saying woik and stuff like that, gives as much as he can to the role. You can't tell that he hates doing it. No, Bob Hoskins is quite good, as he almost always is. Do you want to hear what he said in a 2007 interview about this movie? I would love to. The whole experience was a fucking nightmare. It had a husband and wife team directing, whose arrogance had been mistaken for talent. After many weeks, their own agent told them to get off the set. Fucking nightmare. Fucking idiots. (laughs) You know, you always wonder, like, after something comes out, and, and like, you know, 20 years later when someone's like, wow, that was bad. Like, are the people in it, like, are exaggerating it? That doesn't sound like he's exaggerating. No. Uh... Dennis Hopper also called it a nightmare. But here's here's something funny. Uh, Bob Hoskins' son, Jack Hoskins, uh, likes this movie and his dad's performance in it. I mean, it's like, it's... There is a baseline level of quality. It's, it's, yes. it's Shawn Michaels wrestling a broom, you know? Yeah, it's... Well, I think Bob Hoskins is good. I think John Leguizamo is charming in the movie. I think Dennis Hopper has kind of like Dennis Hopper's the parts where he's like kind of a sex creep in it. We didn't talk about that scene where he's like an overt sex creep to Daisy. Yeah. Where he's like, he's like, take her to the dungeon. I'm going to use her later. Yeah. Ugh, disgusting. Ugh. But that's what you hired Dennis Hopper for. And Dennis Hopper is doing the kind of like, creepo Dennis Hopper thing that he's known for and good at. Like, not all of the acting in this movie is good. We talked about Mojo Nixon's performance, but like, as far as like the leads, I think they're all pretty all right as far as acting. I yeah, also I think... Hoskins, John Leguizamo, uh, the, the lady who plays Daisy is doing the be- the best she can. She's perfectly... Samantha. Cool. Samantha Mathis is her name. Yeah. Uh, I think Perfectly uh, acceptable. Fiona Shaw is like really chewing scenery and having Fiona Shaw is actually like really good in this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even f- like Fisher Stevens and Richard Edson are having fun. Like they don't have that much to work with. They have to play the like bumbling henchmen, but they're fine. The other high point I think is like atmosphere and set design. Like, does this movie have the atmosphere of a Mario game? No. Does it have atmosphere? Yeah. Like, even the part where, like, Daisy is running through uh, Koopa's castle, like, that part actually does kind of look like a video game. Like, that set. But the, like, Dinosaur Dimension set for, like this like alternate Manhattan because the whole idea is that like they're parallel dimensions. I think it looks cool. I th- I think like 
the way they make the cars look different and interesting is is pretty cool. Like the, my number one high point for the movie, I think, is like set design and establishment of atmosphere, and and to a degree, costume design too. Okay, low points for Super Mario Brothers the movie. There is so much lazy writing in this. Yeah. It is just like so many shortcuts because everything is overstuffed and crammed. Like like there's there's so many weird different competing ideas that they that they do the laziest thing they can with everything else. Luigi having good instincts for where we need to go is bullshit. Yeah, like, I mean, I mean, Luigi knowing what is going to continue the plot to advance the story, and being like, "You need to go over here. I can, I can, like, I can start this car because I play video games." It's really bad. Yes, I think. The script is a weird mix of lazy shortcuts and also doing way too much. Yeah, it's the, the there's so much effort in in like trying to cram so many weird ideas that don't quite work into this that they skimp out on anything else. Like any other any like actual storytelling. I I think it's all an an a result of this getting passed between so many writers because there's a lot of half baked ideas in here that don't get fleshed out. And it's like, why is this in there? Like yeah. Mario's girlfriend is kind of an afterthought. Why do you have a bad guy in Brooklyn before they get to the dinosaur dimension who just yeah, gets why turned Mario into have a, a nemesis? Yeah. Who just gets turned life. into a he just gets turned into a monkey. That doesn't make like why is he there? He doesn't need to be there. So there's this running thing throughout the movie where King Koopa is ordering a pizza. Like at one point he orders a pizza and then it keeps coming up throughout the movie after that to no avail with no payoff. Just dump that. Get rid of that. Like yeah, it, and Koopa is also not like. I don't know why he's like. I don't know why nobody's taking him out. He's not like Bowser's a fucking monster. He's a he's a ten foot tall Gamera who breathes fire. He's got a big spiky shell and he wears cool punk rock bracelets. Yeah, he's a. Physically intimidating obstacle slash threat. Why? Like, you can see why no one could challenge Bowser. Dennis Hopper just a guy. I mean, I guess the idea is that he's got arm, an army of Goombas that he's made. But yeah, we don't he's really got an army of really dumb guys. Yeah. And, and he controls the police and everything. But... Yeah. I mean, the, the other thing is the thing we mentioned a while ago, is that the tone of this movie is just fucking all over the place. Yeah, it's 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 so weird. And, like, the, the thing that gets me is, it's weird in a different way than Mario is weird. 
Mario is weird. So if you're going to make a Mario movie, it should be a little weird, at least. Yeah, Mario is weird. Mario, Mario is weird, weird as hell. It, yeah. It, it, it's, people are so used to Mario games that I think they don't realize or think about how weird Mario is. Yeah, but why do you have, why do you have the mushroom stuff, but the fungus, but not mushrooms? Like, why isn't there a mushroom that, like, why doesn't Mario get killed at some point and a green and white mushroom brings him back to life because it's got magical healing properties? I forgot to mention this. There, there's the one mushroom that Mario finds, and he uses it in Brooklyn when they temporarily go back there with King Koopa. King Koopa fires the de-evolution gun at Mario, and he holds up the mushroom and blocks it, and the mushroom gets big. So instead of the mushroom making Mario big, Mario makes the mushroom big. That that sums it up right there. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't have to... Like, you can take license... And like do things differently. Like uh I like a lot of the Marvel movies, right? They they are based on things from the comics, but they take those elements and they play out very differently. Yeah. And and by and large, that's pretty good. Like, you know, like they, they make it work in a way that I think is totally fine. This is just taking stuff and then anything that is Anything that they pull from actual Mario Brothers is not at all what it should be. Yoshi's not what he should be. Mario and Luigi aren't brothers. <laughs> Mario and Luigi are are they're brothers like you and me are brothers. Yeah, brother. Yeah. They're like just two dudes who call each other brothers. I mean, they're an adoptive family, which I think is yeah, but but Matt, that's not brother. That's son. Father-son, yeah. That's yeah. Mario and son. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's not... This movie isn't a good Mario movie, but it's also not a good movie. Like, I, I will recognize that Batman 89 is a good Tim Burton movie, and I can see why people like it. Batman Returns is a fucking mess, and that's true and it's very visually striking but it's a fucking mess you all know it i'm right but batman 89 good tim burton movie bad batman movie right yeah this is not a good movie this is not a good bob hoskins movie you know (laughs) yeah it's i think it is it is a a too many cooks situation i think if somebody had written a script that was their vision and then that movie had gotten made. It might. It definitely would have been better. I but mean, yeah, because I mean, it's it's too many cooks, but also the ingredients are bad. Yeah, yeah, but like, I I think you could have gotten to. It's a good movie, but not a good Mario movie. And instead, it's a bad movie and a bad Mario movie. Because Koopa is. Like talking about tone, like in some scenes, King Koopa is funny, like a funny goofball, kind of bad guy, and in other scenes, he's like actually menacing and gross. And 
that's also true of like Mario and Luigi. Like Mario's like in some scenes Mario's like I don't want to hurt anybody. In some scenes he's like a Lothario. And in one scene he's like I'm going to kill those guys for kidnapping Daisy. <laughs> yeah, he says he says like Luigi's like I'm going to kill him and Mario's like I'm going to break every bone in their bodies and then kill them. And it's yeah. like whoa 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 whoa. That's I know that most of the time Mario says let's go. But that's that doesn't seem like something Mario would say. All right, Chris, let's give our th- final thoughts about Super Mario Brothers the movie. The best part of this movie was when Mario said uh that uh he when Mario forgets about his girlfriend <laughs> and it then says to uh like they're like, "Oh, what about uh What's her name? What's Daniela. her name? Daniela. What about Daniela? And he goes, Daniela. Oh, I forgot. I promised to take her to WrestleMania. And you and yeah. me spent some time trying to figure out which, which WrestleMania, WrestleMania it was. Because WrestleMania 10 would have been the one after this came out, which did happen in Madison Square Garden. Yes. Yes. And would have been like, I think Mario would have been into the ladder match. I think Mario would have wanted to see like like equipment that he is familiar with used in that setting. Yes. And I, I do I, like Mario and his girlfriend who's not Peach, who's just what happens when Peach shows up? Mario's like, "I'm I'm sorry, Daniela. I just don't love you no more." I think Mario would have been invested in Owen Hart versus Bret Hart. Cuz that's brothers. That is brothers. That's brothers. I mean, it's kind of weird, though, because, like, there was another guy who raised both of them instead of one of them raising the other. That's true. Here's what I have to say about this movie. Well, first, let me, let me read what some other people have said about this movie, people who were in it and helped make it. Dennis Hopper. I already read Bob Hoskins' quote. Dennis Hopper. It was a nightmare. Very honestly, that movie. It was a husband and wife directing team who were both control freaks and wouldn't talk before they make decisions. Anyway, I was supposed to go down there for five weeks. I was there for 17. It was so over budget. My six-year-old son at the time, he's now 18, he said, Dad, I think you're probably a pretty good actor, but why did you play that terrible guy King Koopa in Super Mario Brothers? And I said, well, Henry, I did that so you could have shoes. And he said, (laughs) Dad, I don't need shoes that bad. (laughs) Uh, Sincere doubts that any of that exchange happened, but it's very funny. Yeah. Samantha Mathis, who played Daisy, said, There are a lot of people who were really excited to meet me because I was Princess Daisy. That's all you can ask for as an actor, that your work and something you were part of left an impression on people that makes it feel good. John Leguizamo had similar thoughts. He said, I'm glad people appreciate the movie. It was the first. Nobody had ever done it before. I'm proud of the movie in retrospect. Here's what Shigeru Miyamoto said about it. In the end, it was a very fun project that they put a lot of effort into. The one thing that I still have some regrets about is that the movie may have tried to get a little too close to what the Mario Brothers video games were, and in that sense, it became a movie that was about a video game, rather than being an entertaining movie in and of itself. Shigeru, did you see the same movie? Shigeru, you know that's not true. (laughs) Dog, you know that's not true, come on. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. That's wild. It sucks when there is a bad movie 
that people are good in. Yeah. Here's the okay, here's here's where I land on this. We have watched several video game adaptations from the 90s for this show. I'm surprised we haven't hit this one until now. Yeah. I think of the video game adaptations we have watched. It's not the best, not even close. Cuz we've watched Street Fighter the movie. But it ain't the worst. Cuz we've watched Double Dragon and Tekken and Street Street Fighter the Legend of Chun-Li. I would and, put this I I would say Double Dragon's better than this. I would not. Double Dragon you, you better you should go back and watch Double Dragon. <laughs> Double delivery, Dragon is huh? abysmal. Special delivery. Airmail. Airmail. No, it's bad. But like this your statement being that this movie is better than its reputation, I absolutely take a little issue with. Because I think <laughs> I know what you mean. It's not I don't think it's better than its reputation. I think it's as bad as its reputation, just not necessarily in the ways people say. I think it's better than its reputation, but that's because its reputation is so bad. Oh, this is like me saying Watchmen is overrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Watchmen's still very, very good. It's just overrated. Right. This movie is better than its reputation, but that doesn't mean it's good. It's still bad. It's just not that bad. It's not like, like I said, an unwatchable mess. It's a watchable mess. The mind does wander. Yeah. There's some scenes that should be cut, for sure. Yeah. It should be less than 90 minutes, and instead it's 104. Yeah. I... It's too long. There's, there's, there, there's definitely problems that need fixing, for sure. I have not honestly heard anything about the Super Mario Brothers movie other than like people being bummed out that uh, Chris Pratt was Mario. I had to read some stuff about it for work or, or you know, familiarize myself with it a bit. And I'm not looking forward to watching it, is what I'll say. It's it's it is a bummer to me that like I mean y'all had Jack Black in the booth he could have been Mario yeah yeah he could have just like slid him the script and I bet he could have done it two takes I, it'll be interesting to compare this movie which is a big swing and a miss to the Super Mario Brothers movie which is going out of the gate to be crowd-pleasing, fan service, all the stuff you know from the video games. I would also take issue with referring to this movie as a big swing. I think it's a big swing. I, I, I think, think it's, it's a, a weird swing. I think it is an attempt to do something interesting. I think they it they does not really succeed. Plate with a like a, a fucking lacrosse stick. Because <laughs> here's the thing about uh, like trying to be crowd pleasing, Matt. I'm the crowd. Sure. I would like to be pleased. <laughs>
I, I, I don't mind being pleased. I don't like being pandered to. So we'll just see how the Super Mario Brothers movie threads that needle. All right. Uh, I think I think of this movie Street Fighter the movie okay I think we probably give Street Fighter the movie more credit than it deserves it's pretty bad still but it's fun and Raul Julia is exceptionally good at it Street right? Fighter Street Fighter is an interesting comparison with this though but finish your thought and then I'll say what I think The movies I feel like this compares best to are Street Fighter the movie and Masters of the Universe. Both of which are bad. Both of which are kind of not great adaptations of the source material. Both of which are a little bit ashamed of the source material, which I think this is too, but are fascinating. And I find this movie similarly fascinating. Is it good? No. Would I read a 400-page book about how it was made, in an in a instant, I would. <laughs> so that's where I land. It is alarming and offensive to me that you would lump this in with either of those movies. Because <laughs> here's, here's the thing. Street Fighter is not a good movie. It's also not a good, like, adaptation of Street Fighter. Yeah. But it is a movie where, like, I feel like everyone's performance mostly like most importantly Raul Julia but also Ming Na and and JCVD like i think the performances in that movie elevate it beyond what it is which is a which is a kind of a mess uh although change the channel quick change the channel is very funny like that's a legitimate yeah. good joke don't let anyone tell you it's not um this is a movie where I think the best you can say about it is like nobody's phoning it in. Like everyone is is doing the work. Bob Hoskins is good, John Leguizamo's good, Dennis Hopper's pretty good. Uh Daisy whose name I still can't remember is pretty good. Uh Samantha? Samantha Mathis. Samantha Mathis pretty good. But like this movie drags down their their like performances the performances in street fighter elevate this movie drags those performances down well i think we just have to agree to disagree we agree that it's a bad movie but we we disagree about whether it there's value in its badness yeah man pretty bad i think it's the same takeaways we had from the first suicide squad movie which is another movie that I think is a bad movie, and I'm also fascinated with its by its badness. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll be back with Super Mario Brothers, the Super Mario Brothers movie, in April. Uh, in the meantime, you can support this show as well as our other shows by going to patreon.com slash warrocketajax to kick in as little as a dollar a month to support the Clytus Media family of shows, the show in Warrocket Ajax. Um, you can also email us with movie suggestions at moviefighterscast at gmail.com. We're at uh, Tumblr, moviefighterscast.tumblr.com. Uh, 
You can find me and my stuff by going to mattdwilson.net to find links to my comics, my books, my other podcasts, and my social medias. Chris, where can people find you? Everybody can find me by going to the-isb.com, and there are links there to everything. Mostly it's here. Mostly it's the podcasts. It's the Kaleidos Media family. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. See you next time. Till next time. Keep on fighting. <laughs>